Hi, this is Sonia Lazarevich. I'd like to share a few thoughts on navigating war and fear. You know, the airwaves are pretty busy with news about the war, and there's so much suffering that we're witnessing on a global scale. On top of our own local struggles nationally in our communities or even within our families. You know, the anger and division that's happening is uh, kind of making it easier than usual to find a position uh, to take a side. And I hear people that I'm speaking with asking about how to navigate this and what to do about this state. Something else to consider about what's happening around us is as a result of um, these extreme situations such as war, people are becoming displaced and they're fleeing, uh, trying to find safety, which puts our fellow human beings at a vulner- in a vulnerable position for abuses, which even includes horrors like human trafficking. Now, this is not the only circumstance in which people become vulnerable to that trade. Uh, it can... It could be poverty, uh, lack of education, uh, forms of persecution, abuse, and I'm sure there are other reasons I'm not even listing at this moment. I know it's a tough topic to hear uh, and might not personally touch your own life. However, it is happening in plain sight. In my perspective, it's about how we treat one another how we value each other and value ourselves. And uh, can we, as fellow human beings, help those suffering in this way? Can we form an alliance with one another as like a human race? Next to kind of more obvious actions people can take, such as volunteering for a community in need, taking a stand, offering to help others, neighbors. I personally think about cultivating peace within and how we conduct ourselves individually, internally, but interacting with other people in a way that translates into respect or care, the latter which some might even call love or compassion. It's hard to be mean or abusive when you're in a compassionate state. So the question arises, like, how do you nourish the heart-mind? And why am I going to the heart-mind? Because I think that fear and war attack the heart and mind. So one way to think about this solution is, you know, what is it that you expose your heart-mind to? And, you know, you could think of uh, virtual or real environments. So virtual can be social media. It could be uh, what you expose your mind to, like in terms of the news, 
or it could be real. It could be who you surround yourself with, uh, who you spend uh, a lot of time around or, or, or environments. Kind of using news as an example, um, I, I mean, it's respectable that people want to stay informed of the news, uh, but I think that it's important to kind of check yourself to see how much you could tolerate, how much you could take in, because that type of information requires mental, emotional bandwidth. And if you find that you're having limitations for whatever reason, respecting that is an act of kindness towards yourself. You know, paying attention to that is an act of kindness. So each person's nervous system and heart have varying capacities to absorb such information or sounds or images that are generated by the news. So you might, if, if you find that you have like a limits to your bandwidth, which is very understandable in these times, we were already two years into the pandemic, but there may be added layers of stress or strain happening in your own personal life, that you might want to choose to stop watching the news and only read it and then kind of refine the sources that you read from selecting progressively drier sources, meaning the least sensationalized and maybe even picking a few different sources so that you could get a perspective on a story. And, you know, we use news as an example, but social media can be an example or community can be an example. Just noticing kind of the effect after exposure to these kind of communities and, you know, does it elevate you? Does it sort of bring you down? Is it time dependent? Is it content dependent? And, and making decisions based on that. Alternatively, when I'm thinking about the question of nourishing the heart-mind, this might be a time to consider exploring or revisiting what grounds you, what centers you, what helps park you into a neutral state of gratitude, what helps you commune with the mystery of life, what helps you cultivate a peace of mind. And really that is something that I couldn't say what's the right thing. It really depends on the person. And for some people it's walking the dog and others painting or cooking, hiking, swimming, taking a hot bath, whatever it is that helps you quiet the brain reduce chatter, settle into the body. I mean, there are mind-body practices like yoga and Tai Chi. There is metta meditation that uh, cultivates, uh, it's like a loving, loving kindness. And there's other forms of meditation. Um, other people really speak, feel that uh, gardening really speaks to them. 
and um, there's really so many routes and it depends on the person and their nature and their capacity and also some people have very very full lives either with uh, demanding jobs or children or other family responsibilities or they might even be limited by uh, have limited energy because of illness and so I I suggest that you begin forging this path with the smallest act and that action plants the seed for you inviting harmony within and that pulls you one inch further away from warring within and cultivating fear within. And a last piece of this is um, regarding cultivating love and compassion for yourself, for others, uh, meditating, contemplating, practicing. It's very difficult to be in fear when you're in love. And if you don't like war, whether it's in another country, in our own country, in your family or in your relationship or in the field that you work in. See if you can cultivate peace. Consider some of the previous suggestions I've made, but, you know, reflect on aspects of your life and how you might be able to first cultivate peace on your own but then how that m might look like in small actions that are less less like the hot zone of your life, you know, maybe with strangers in the supermarket. And by the way, being peaceful doesn't mean like taking abuse or being avoidant of standing up for yourself. It's more about like not engaging in battles or hate or fighting. You know, for example, is it worth to fight about political differences versus uh, standing up for yourself if someone is stealing from you? And, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, what kind of a difference can I make? And if you think about this, like in the U.S., if 10% of the population did this, we've had, we would have 30 million people focused on peace and I just wonder what kind of a world it would look like if uh, that kind of a community rose in our own country I mean even globally that's a really great number so whether you're driving or you're standing in line and maybe you come across someone who seems a little bit on edge or agitated you know how can you hold a space of peace simply embodying it rather than explaining it having compassion for yourself and having compassion for yourself might even look like allowing criticism to fall to the side or lessen their grip even though they may remain there for some time maybe it's letting go of uh, comparisons so 
I know that this is not a simple task and like other skills and ways of being, it takes some practice. Let's see if you could just hold the intention of this and let it be your plumb line that keeps you on course. So when you don't know what to do, look at these actions, behaviors, and ways of relating that appear, let's say, in our environment, in the news, and social media, whatever it might be. Look at them as a wake-up call for the direction that you can take, any one of us can take. It doesn't matter really if the issue is happening in another country of our own. Maybe consider this as a wave moving through humanity and what's the wave or shift that you could participate in that'll plant the seeds for our future.